When I was a child, and even still, my favorite film for this time of year was Tim Allen's The Santa Claus. I even watched it again yesterday in preparation for tonight's homily. The core of that film, for me at least, belongs to a line given by Judy the Elf, who, seeing that Tim Allen's character, the new Santa Claus, is beginning to doubt, says to him, seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. Children look forward to Christmas every year because they believe in the sort of magic of the season, albeit a different sort of miracle than the one I'm going to focus on tonight, but children do not see this evening as a fairy tale, but as something very, very real indeed. And they are not wrong. Our Lord in the gospel demands that we all become like little children, not because he wants us to become immature, but because children accept the simplicity of their own faith. Adults, on the other hand, begin to doubt as they grow older. Christmas becomes less of a miracle and more of a fairy tale, lacking any true magic. But tonight, I would like everyone, children and adults, to hear again the message of the angel, the story of Christmas. Hear again the work of God, which is made present before us this night and fills this holy day with a radiant miracle, a sort of divine magic, a miracle which to those who believe is beautiful to behold. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Upon those who dwelt in the land of gloom, a light has shone. For the average Hebrew, their faith was, not, was always one of expectation. Expectation of something unknown, or at least unexplained. No one really knew what the Messiah would be like, or who he would be, how he would come. There were prophets, yes, who had some insight into the matter. Isaiah, for instance, knew that the Messiah was coming and that he would be born of a virgin. He even knew that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. But for the average person, the possibility of a savior was really a distant idea. It probably didn't affect their daily lives, though perhaps they occasionally wondered at what it might mean. It might have been something even like a wrapped present, which for weeks, perhaps the past few weeks of the Advent season, has sat beneath the Christmas tree. All who look upon it have a sort of eager expectation of knowing what it contains, but only the one person, only one person truly knows what is inside, the one who wrapped it, the one who is giving the present. For the prophets even, I suppose the promise of a savior was like looking at a distant city at night. When it is dark all around, the lights of a city have a sort of trick on the eyes. It can become hard to tell just how far away the city is. It could be a mile. It could be 10 miles. Such was the view of the prophets, like Isaiah. The light of Christ being born in Bethlehem was one that they could certainly see at a distance. But none of them could have predicted the precise moment when he would come. God held the element of surprise. He showed Israel all the wrappings of his present. 
They will name him Wonder Counselor, God Hero, Father Forever, Prince of Peace. But when the moment came, God chose to reveal himself to the people most unexpectant of his arrival. Herod knew the Messiah was coming, but it wasn't to Herod that he appeared. Even the Magi knew they would find some greatness under the star in the sky. But it wasn't to the Magi that God appeared first. Luke tells us, Now there were shepherds in that region, living in the fields and keeping the night watch over their flock. The angel said to them, Do not be afraid. Today, in the city of David, a Savior has been born for you. Why did God decide that his son should be first seen by animals and then their shepherds? Why not just put a star over Jerusalem? Why not send angels to announce the birth of Christ in Rome, in Greece, in Egypt? Why not have Christ be born in Asia? It was one of the most advanced cultures at the time of Christ. Why in a manger? Why in a captive nation? Why any of this? There was a quote from G.K. Chesterton which I think explains all of these questions. He says, Christmas is built upon a beautiful and intentional paradox. That the birth of the homeless should be celebrated in every home. The reason why Christ needed to be born in this way was the same reason why he had to be born at all. Christ is the savior of the world. God became man to raise man up to God. Just yesterday, we heard in the readings of the Mass the great hymn of Our Lady, the Magnificat, which she sings when she greets her, her, cousin, her cousin Elizabeth. Our Lady says, God has shown the strength of his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has cast down the mighty from their thrones and has lifted up the lowly. The proud king Herod could have predicted the birth of a king in a royal city such as Jerusalem. The noble men and women of Rome could have foretold that someone else would come after them of an even more noble birth. But Herod could have never predicted the birth of God. The wealthy of Rome could have never understood the love of a God who made himself poor. Only the poor and the shepherds of Israel could have known this child to be their savior. Only people who lived in a field could have expected God to be capable of lifting them up. And only a Christian who knows just how lowly they are, how much they fail, how much they need a savior, only that Christian could have true joy this night. Therefore, do not be afraid. For behold, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For today, a Savior has been born for you, who is Christ the Lord. But we know the whole of the story. We know that 33 years later, that same child, who on this night is wrapped in swaddling clothes, will be stripped bare before his own people. This little baby who cries out from the cave of Bethlehem will call down for the cross, Father, forgive them, they know not what they do. 
Those same newborn eyes, which now look up to the Virgin Mother of God, will in just a few years' time be cold and glazed over, and then it will be burial wrappings and another dark cave. Why was Christ born this way? Because sheep are born in stables, met by shepherds, and years later led to the slaughter. The Savior whose birth we celebrate with joy this night was born to die. But that is why we celebrate his birth. The great gift that God gave the world on Christmas night those 2,000 years ago wasn't just a baby, wasn't just his son, but was the Lamb of God, the one spotless Lamb that can make all of us worthy to follow him into heaven and to live with God forever. The good news to the shepherds in Israel on Christmas night was that the child born in Bethlehem was going to make them more than just shepherds, even more than kings. If the Son of God could become man, then men and women can become sons and daughters of God. That is the real gift and the joy of Christmas night. This is the night when we receive the promise of our redemption. Now this is just the promise. The redemption was still to come, which is why for us Christians, Easter and not Christmas is the most important day of the year. But the significance of this day cannot be overlooked. As Pope Benedict XVI said in one of his Christmas homilies, God became small this night. And now that we are redeemed and through baptism made sons and daughters of God, there is but one thing left for all of us to await. And we await it like a distant light or wrapped present. We await the day that we can meet our God face to face. It wasn't enough for God that he become like us. He made himself small for us so that we could rise to his glory. Tonight, the light of God's glory has shone upon us. As Isaiah says, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Upon those who dwelt in the land of gloom, a light has shone. Undoubtedly, none of us have come here tonight free from trouble. Sure, we have joy tonight, and we should, but all of us have a bit of darkness to face. We can take hope in the story of Christmas, not in some romantic fairy tale sort of story, but in the truth. That is, in he who is the truth itself, our Lord Jesus Christ.